tried to do a technical thing. It's gifted a, a cable to do, bring back everyone's favorite soundboard. But uh, yeah, I thought I would arrange oops. a treat this week for us mostly, but for the listeners also, and it failed. It didn't work. I'm not. I I do think that I mean I do think soundboard app is also bad. Because soundboard is, app is really bad. Yeah. It has a delay on it because it needs to be connected to the internet in order to make an auga sound. Yeah, to go bum bum bum. There's like no reason you need to be connected buffering, to the internet buffering. for that. Yeah, no. I yeah, I maybe yeah. I would like to know what like. What what do people use? People who have soundboards, what do they use that aren't, you know, big things? Because I've seen people like recording podcasts at the same time, and then they're also like going, doing derp derp sounds. I'm sure there's apps you can pay for that are decent. There always is. Right. You know, something that's $5 a month or $10 one time or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, the thing about that app that makes it suck is you can't adjust anything about the audio performance within the app. Right. You need to get something where you can adjust the game. You can do some toggling with the individual sounds. Yeah. yeah. Things that are reducive, conducive to recording because when we're just, you know, when we're just reduced to one volume of sound, that's yeah. kind of hard. So. We were just saying that it's amazing that our old setup used to work because for the listeners, it was two taped together cables. Uh-huh. Well, one adapter and a cable that were literally masking taped together and it performed better than a $17 cable. I mean... So we're going to try to resurrect that maybe for next time if we can find all the parts. But Well, let me play tomorrow with like a pad and then the cable and see if I can find a... Oh, no. Mm, maybe phone and cable. And then see if I can find a like. Well, you know, we could also good, figure out. We, this is a very good boring, app. but we could also figure out the iPad too, because it's just a question of telling it which input or which. I'm sorry, which output to send audio to. Oh, maybe. And you can tell it to send it to Lightning rather than headphone. Oh, that's there, probably what we got. There's do. also the possibility of getting a quarter inch to eighth inch jack and just plugging it into the headphone, which might ultimately work better. Because right. I think part of the problem is the digital conversion from lightning to the analog. Oh, um, right. Signal of a normal cable. That's You're right. That's always kind of a problem. So it might work better to just get a classic quarter inch to eighth inch and use the headphone jack. But if we did something where uh, the app was usable outside of internet and they were all just stored somewhere in the app, that would solve your problem of or my problem of turn off phone because I'd be like, got to go off Wi-Fi. No one, no one contact me. Yeah, that would be great. I'm on airplane mode, so sorry. That's also a very easy thing to accomplish as we've already I could discussed. just go on airplane mode. Um, oh, not that part. I meant um, getting an app that actually works when you're not online. Right. That app is just download Sad. bait for in-app purchases, I'm assuming. Yes. I bet that you can purchase an offline mode. For $37. Wow, that's too expensive. And I said... No, no. You also need one that you can port your own sounds into. Because right. I want to do this Joe Rogan style. I want to be like, Jamie, pull that up. And you're, you know, you're doot, doot, doot. And you got a YouTube video of some stoned apes or whatever. Okay. Or a UFO. Great. Or a compilation of the N-word. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, where are we going to go with this one? Um. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, again, didn't we talk about this on the F show? nothing white people love better than just canceling something that they already don't pay for was that on the main one i think that was on the after show yeah i don't know whatever who cares i mean it's like yeah he'll say whatever he he'll say whatever will make him money so it doesn't really fucking matter like what what is confusing about this to people like he'll say he'll you know do the fact stuff do the weird green like weird green juice smoothie thing like bring on Pop, bring on a Miley Cyrus. Anyone who will attract ears so that way the ad revenue comes in, that's all that fucking matters. Like, and then if you bait some racist along the way by dropping the end bump, they have money too. Like, you know, and they're like, yeah, hee haw. Like, I don't know. Is that what people sound like? I don't know. South of Mason Dixon? I don't don't know if this is necessarily a good read on the whole situation, though, because he doesn't do things that are conducive to advertisers and stuff. One of the reasons he went to Spotify in the first place was to avoid getting his shit taken down off of YouTube because people already weren't advertising with him over things like Alex Jones and Miley Yiannopoulos and vaccine stuff eventually. But uh, so, no, he doesn't necessarily do it to court advertisers. And all the N-bomb stuff was like, you know, taken wildly out of context. Whatever. Who, you it know, it doesn't matter. I yeah, I know you don't want to talk. About I don't want to talk. About and it. I don't really want to talk about it either. I'm like so tired of having hot takes about it 
a reading like twitter for one full day was like a comedian's job is and Ugh. are they heroes and uh. i was like <sighs> yeah, I, I don't care. I, I agree. We should just table it because I'm tired of the culture war bullshit. I don't know. Everybody I, knows where I, I stand. I'm so tired. I was like, can we just, how about y'all write some jokes instead of having takes on people? I don't care. No one cares. I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, ugh. It has larger implications that I think are really interesting that we touched on a little bit as- last time, but like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like... You can listen to any number of other podcasts talk about Joe Rogan. Probably everyone. Probably literally every podcast right now. Yeah, and let's be on trend for us and not talk about what anyone else is talking about. <laughs> We're getting worse and us. worse at that. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but I know I mentioned to you one time, like, it's really interesting doing this because you end up talking about the same things that the media ecosystem is talking about all the time anyway. Right. Just because it's really hard to have an organic conversation, like, yeah. cut from whole cloth when you're working stiff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, we end up doing the, the Twitter cycles anyway yeah. most of the time. I know, but we don't have to do that. I mean, I have two th- two topics that I, I've brought to the table for for some kind of discussion. I love it. Let's um, go. But uh, one is very stupid, and it, because it happened today, it dear listener, reader, whatever, if you want to know what purgatory is probably going to be like for you, because I assume you're a heathen, you're listening to this. Go to the Ikea in Queens. If you want to know what true bad neutral is, it's that. Imagine seeing sad couches stacked on top of each other on weird freaky shelves that are dimly lit. And there is a Polish woman sitting in one of the chairs at an awkward angle that you don't notice until you're almost standing on top of her because of the lighting. And she's meekly in corner. And you go, huh! Was this in the the uh, section where they set up like tableaus, or was this in the warehouse section? They don't have a warehouse section. This is why it's even worse. It's just endless sprawl, all lateral sprawl, and not like cool maze sprawl, like just like objects arranged poorly. That's like a classic furniture showroom where there's no false walls and it's just everything out. It's it's in a set Kmart up like an art style fa- building. It's set up like an art fair where it's like cubicles of stuff, but no actual state or they're stage rooms, but they're that's not what you walk into. You walk into the as-is section, which adds to the purgatorialness. Sure, yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I feel oh. like from a retail design perspective, that's bad. Why oh, Why would oh, the baby. first thing you want your customers to see be the used and abused material? That's not good. I don't know. It's not a good hook, as they say. Oh, no, well, no. And then you're also walking into, you know, like how uh, there's, it's called Jebco or Jemco, uh, where underneath where Jade Garden used to be the dim sum place. yes yes i know what you're talking about it's kind of like a dollar store but feel, a, a feel to it yeah dollar store palace yeah because you walk in and they're like we got rugs and you're like whoa cool dollar store has rugs woo it's like i forget the name of it but there's a japanese version of walmart i don't mean to stereotype the asians but frankly it is a thing where they have a walmart where like you can't buy food and everything is like third party generics it's called target but it's not Target. They don't have their own brands. Oh, right. And they don't have like anything upscale. They don't even have an, an electronics section mm. outside of cases and stuff like that. Right. They don't have food. They don't have real furniture, but they have like patio furniture and rugs and stuff. Yeah. So this is what we're talking. It's about. like a bazaar. Yeah. It's a in, bazaar. In like a but like American kitsch. Yeah. You know, like if someone was like, "Ah, oh, we'll take a Walmart, make it cheap." You're like, okay. Um. You walk into that. You walk into the rugs hanging limply over sad racks and in shitty piles. And I was like, uh, where am I? Literally came to find a tablecloth and maybe buy some curtains, which I did, which we'll talk about. Um, But I was so lost and confused. And again, I was scared half to death by a Polish woman as I wandered going, oh, that's a new chair. I could use, I got to get rid of this stupid chair. Oh, God, Polish woman. Jesus Christ, make a sound. Like, shouldn't you be making pierogies or something? What the fuck are you doing? Do something. Make a move. Like, move. Blink. She looked like a prop. Do you think she was just waiting for other people to finish yes! shopping? Yeah. yeah. Why did they bring her? I don't know. This is, that's Queen's culture. You bring grandma, grandkids, nieces, nephews, aunties, uncle. Everybody comes out and you're like, what fucking, are you taking a fucking school bus? What are we doing? Maybe she can't be left at home because she might try to cook some borscht or something. And you don't burn cook the borscht. It's down. cold. Oh. I thought it was beet soup. Yeah, but you serve it cold. I thought it was warm. It's not no. a gazpacho. No, it's cold. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, 
You, you still have to prepare stuff. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, I thought Grandma might burn the house down. That was the joke. <laughs> she, yeah, she might. She might not light the burner and co herself. You know, but like Jesus, I was like, and then I was just wandering, and I was like, oh, this is what I get. I now understand the jokes about like you get lost in IKEA because you take me to Brooklyn, and I'm like, we're on a mission. Let's go. We're not lost. This I felt the I felt the bad hacky joke of like I'm lost. And I don't know where I'm going. And I can't find my way out, quite frankly. Retail stores like that, much like casinos, are similar enough that they're the ultimate kind of confusion. But, because the layout uh, has like a, there's a second nature feel to it where you walk in and you're like, okay, I've been to a big box retailer before. I know what to do here. And then when things aren't where you expect them to be, it's even more disorienting because the sameness really gets to you. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you can't I, locate yourself in that space by design. No, and y- w- there's no straight aisles. There's no like markings. I was like, because I'm like good at this. Like, this is what I think about all day. Is like, how do you arrange things in space to you know wayfind people? And I was like, no one has done that. No one has done that. And now I'm lost. Oh God. Oh God. <sighs> Someone help me. Like I had to ask for help. Do you know how sad that is? That is sad, and I would imagine that the employee wasn't very helpful, if I had to guess. Uh, no, it was, oh, if you don't see it, it's not there. I'm like, what? But it's, you have the display. Okay, I'll go fuck myself then. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, in other words, not very helpful. <laughs> no, yeah, I like, which is always my thing. I'm like, mm, okay, great. So, yeah, if you want to feel purgatory, try to go to a self-checkout only to find that it's closed, and then you have to walk to the other end of it only to wait behind someone who's trying to argue with the person about the last rug I got didn't have white flecks in it. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't just get this rug. It's in your cart already. Wow. The person cared that much about white flecks in the rug. It was like stripes. And he's like, this doesn't have my, my rug doesn't have it. I'm like, dude, you bought it. Fuck my Has this person ever heard of just like updating their Design, offerings? Yeah. Like that happens all the time. Uh-huh. What do you, I mean, if you wanted the one you used to have, why didn't you just find that one? Or buy two. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, look it up know. online and figure it out. I don't know. Don't know. But I, I, was, I realized I was in, inching towards hell. Why so did you decide run. to go to the Queens one instead of the normal one in, in Red Hook? Because I'm a work cuck, and I knew that oh, no. there was going to be Here someone that didn't show up today, so I showed up to be moral support for my manager children. You went to work on an off day? Mm-hmm. Why? Instead of using a PTO. I used three to, three hours of PTO. You were supposed to have the day off, though, uh-huh. correct? Yeah. And you, just because you knew it, I had a feeling. You I, I wasn't it. sure, but I was like, I have a feeling. So I'm just going to go, and then maybe she'll show up. It didn't happen. So I was like, okay, I'll just hang out. All right, I got stuff to do. I got some shit done that God, I God, that is the worst. If I was an employee of yours, I would hate you. Oh, my, my one key was like, can you just go home? I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, dude, go home. It's your fucking day off. But setting aside the like, principle of the thing that's so annoying for your employees they're just trying to have one day without me where you're not there (laughs) they'll have two in a row they'll be fine it's so nice when your boss isn't there you can have the best boss in the world and it's still better when they're not there well and if you have a boss that's coming in on their day off i mean jesus christ man we got to do something about this do you need electroshock therapy or something like you need some aggressive (sighs) measures i need to go do that float like yesterday i my hamstrings are all fucked up and i don't know why no like uh, my body's telling me like can you re- can you like take a reset moment and i'm like no <laughs> fuck you we're gonna keep on going well and i'm man, like oof i think i gotta let's circle back to that because i forgot i have a topic too mm, okay um so yeah I, I might have to go do that in the next two days i might have to sneak on up to Greenpoint. Well, so. yeah, make sure that I still get to do my float. I don't care if you go without me, but okay. I don't want that deal canceled because Cause I went, someone's yeah. itching for it. I already <sighs> paid for it. Or we can go on Sunday. I don't really want to go this weekend. I have stuff to do, and I'm going on a trip. So, Fine. All right. All right. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe like, if you drive me, I'll do it. That's fine. I don't care. Okay. Because I think I'm going to do my hit of acid and do the float. That's a very bad idea. They advise you not to do that. I know what they advise, but I know what I can handle, and I think it would be a good idea. So I'm. Oh boy! As long as you're driving that day, and I get all my stuff done on Saturday. Oh god. That's a tall order, but we'll see. Son of a bitch. Pause. 
No. Pause. No, you yeah. have to turn your phone off. We just talked about this last time. <sighs> you have to, no, no. 45 minutes later, you will call them back. No, give me, I left the children This is alone. so annoying. I Listeners, know. this is so annoying. <sighs> I, I, All right, so that was a quick one. Yeah, I knew it was going to be quick. I was like, he doesn't call unless there's something. I'm glad it was early in the episode, too. It's way more annoying when it's... We're not deep. We're not into the third act, so yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I I was like, I I know what this is, so I can handle this. Um, Also, could have just looked, but... You know, anywho, um, again... I don't know, man. I got to go to that. You're beyond being helped. I got to go to that. Even I, even I, who likes to fight. I got to go jump in that pool. I got to jump in that pod. There's nothing I like more than berating you for something or other. But I'm getting tired I need, of it. I need point. a hard reset. And I think, you, you know. You keep saying that. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to help you for how long or for how long it's <laughs> For how long it's going I mean, those things, seriously, those things have like natural limitations. Right. You can't live in the afterglow of a reset experience for too, too long. Right. Just day-to-day existence, it, it makes it go away. But mm, Yeah. I think like. That's part of it, you know. Doing a, doing a little floaty float, doing a little vacay time, and then having a full week off after vacay time. Ooh, baby. That's a lot of vacay in a row. I mean, yeah. you know. Which is, then I'll just be like, ah. And then my sanity might come back. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but judging by past experience, you go on vacation or staycation, and you're good for like maybe a day and a half. And then all falls down. I think it's a larger problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. We all got them. It's your cross to bear. You're a work cuck. I know. It's so bad. It's It's the worst cross, though. Nobody respects you. It's cowardly. You should be ashamed. You really should. (laughs) I I know your Catholic guilt is a thing that's easy to trigger, but this is a case you should be ashamed of. You just got to go beep boop. And I, ah, ah. Yeah. I know. You're talking about about purgatory in concrete terms. And now I know why. Yeah. It's never left you. No. I can spot it, spot it immediately. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was one of my topics. Do you want to do your topic and then we'll go back to the second one? Sure. It's an, it's an unnatural transition at that point. I should have just jumped right into it. But uh, speaking of reset experiences, mm-hmm. uh, I did a sound bath with Ulrika last week, mm-hmm. last Wednesday. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it was really, really amazing. She kind of... Um, how do I put it gently? She didn't like force me to do it, but she was pretty insistent. Like, Hey, I think you should do this. And like, we're going to do it next week. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, you're coming Wednesday. And I was like, great. So we went there and did it. But, uh, I didn't think very hard about it at all before going there. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, I guess. And I didn't contemplate it too much. Like, you know, you'd been there for like shorter gong sessions yeah, where you do it for 10 minutes or whatever. And I always thought it was like this amazing sort of surreal sound and, a nice thing but um so i go there after work one day just thinking oh okay it'll just be that for longer yeah but it was a whole thing like you know she starts out by putting on some like calming music not that she's playing but that's right. coming out of a speaker and uh you do a little bit of like really light breath work and like meditation style things like she guides you mm-hmm. through the whole thing and you do that for a little while, like in a sitting position on the floor, and then you lay down, and she's still guiding you the whole time. This is all eyes closed. And she put, like, oil on my head and then, like, mm-hmm. massaged my feet. I, I almost have a hard time remembering it all in sequence because it was it, it gets weird at a certain point. Um, so she does all that and then starts the sound bath itself that's, like, the gong and she's chanting a little bit and like singing a little bit too and the whole time it's like in meditation things you're as a person that doesn't practice it who's not like quote good at it right you're just having constant like intrusive thoughts that you're trying your best to like let hold at bay right well no you don't want to part of the thing that Ulrika is really good at in her guidance is like you're not supposed to do anything she reiterates that over and over. Like, you don't have to feel anxious about anything. You don't have to feel like this goes a certain way. You don't have to um, force anything. And I know that from, like, meditating on my own a little bit, too, and just reading about it mostly, is that, like, the way I think about it is if you're on a bridge on the freeway, this is how Sam Harris describes it, but I think it's illustrative. Okay. And you're 
up there and you're watching the cars on the freeway pass, that's sort of like a meditation experience where the cars are your thoughts. Right. So rather than fully inhabit the thought and like dwell on them or fixate on them in any way, you just say, oh, I'm thinking about Will. I'm thinking about the painting over there. I'm thinking about R2-D2. And you let them, you sort of objectify them and let them go by. You check off the fact that you acknowledge their existence, but they don't, you're like, I know, I know that you're there, but I don't need to focus on you. Yeah. And you just don't inhabit them as a space. They're not a space of thought. They're just a thing of thought that goes by. So anyway, when you're doing, when I was doing the sound bath thing, like this is just happening the whole time. Ulrika's reassurance that you don't have to force anything is really helpful though, because I'm thinking like, oh, this sounds like otherworldly and amazing for anybody that's never heard a gong in real life played well not just bashing on it like in a kung fu movie um it's like this ethereal obviously very metallic um all-encompassing sound it doesn't have direction i think is a good way of describing it like if you've ever dropped like something metal in a big open space and heard the echo imagine that but in a vibration well the word is resonance you know it's a physical experience on at the same time that it's an auditory yeah. experience. So I've had it before, so I'm going through this with my eyes closed the whole time, and I'm having these intrusive thoughts, but doing my best to just not fixate on them. And it goes on for a long time. She said she played for me for 25 minutes, but before long you lose your relationship to time, to time yeah. at all. Um, and the craziest thing I remember experiencing during it was at a certain point I couldn't tell whether I was awake or asleep. Oh. Like my conscious mind was there, but I was having really vivid, I guess, hallucinations. Hmm. Like they reminded me of the way that dreams look and feel where things are pretty con- pretty concrete, but at the same time, like, how do I want to put this? Like you can identify that you're looking at something and it feels like you're looking at it, but it still has that smoky haze that a dream has where like your periphery, the vignette of it isn't totally fleshed out. I was having a lot of visions like that. Um, Like I remember at one point I was like thinking about Obama and I could like see Obama and I don't know why (laughs) there's nothing behind that. I mean, because, because at this point too, like the thoughts that are coming through my head are not related to what I'm doing. They're not anything. They're just whatever's in your mind you know coming past literally thanks obama it was it was weird i don't and there was no substance to it it wasn't like he was doing something or or that i can remember but so i was deep into it where like i couldn't tell whether i was sleeping or awake i couldn't tell where whether my eyes were open or closed like i knew i guess sort of consciously that they were closed the whole time but similar to the float tank where you just i was gonna say you don't really you you don't really really know and you can't really tell um, but meanwhile, I guess in the back of my mind the whole time, I am sort of holding on to that worldly attachment of like, am I doing this wrong? I feel like I'm listening to this and I'm appreciating this and this is really amazing. The Especially the like in between dreams and being awake is amazing. But at the same time, I feel grounded and like maybe I kind of blew this whole thing. Yeah, you know, th- that's not very, it's not like as upfront as I'm putting it right now. This right. is all like analysis in retrospect which is hard to do and which at the time you're trying to avoid or i was trying to avoid i don't want to overanalyze it so i'm speaking in retrospect but so by the time it gets to the end um towards the end you know there's different movements to the way that the gong goes too so you can never quite tell when it's going to be over or not like it'll slow down with the shoot speed back but then up. that that's also like a, a gain when it starts to slow down it starts to you know that momentum is probably going to be happening because the gong can be tempered very quickly. Yeah, sure, but again, without without your sense of time or awareness, right. it's it's hard to tell what's going on. You're not even really fixating on when it's going to be over. Um, at a certain point, though, the gong ends and she plays the shruti box for a little while. You know, you know the shruti yeah. box, right? Accordion, but it. Yeah, ish. it's a sort of wooden. It's a wooden accordion that makes like a. It makes accordion sound. It makes accordion sound, but they're more prolonged. It's not like you play notes. There's no piano right, yeah. keys on it. It's the opening and closing of the box. The bellow that makes is sound. the bellow is a very like, it's a it's a really shallow bellow. Yeah, but they're really wide. Uh, what the fuck? Are the pleats we'll call them. Um, so that sound, it's a slow squish because it's slowly squishing that air out. So that's why, 
and it's not like loud either it's very low because again the distance of opening of a shrewdy box is like what four inches maybe yeah um but there's a lot of pleats in there so you're really just squeezing the air is super super slowly yeah sure and it, and it is another uh, uh very nice accompaniment to the uncanny sound of the gong because it is very otherworldly like all of these sounds are almost sound like technological they almost sound like they're made by computer when you're in the room with them or something artificial they don't seem that organic really it's weird well as opposed to like a woodwind or something where you can kind of like tell what the mechanism is and how it's doing what it's doing it's It's because it is kind of like the first synthesizer yeah, like, sort of. Yeah. Like accordions and the Shreebuck, they are synthesizers because it is air and it is meant to mimic vocals. And that's it. It's not because it was, you know, to accompany like singing or, and it has like a breathy motion. So it is like, you know, an analog version of that or like an analog. Uh, You're right. It synthetic vocalization is yeah. what it is because it is just air. Because, you know, tube, woodwinds, yeah. it's the vibration of the reed. Right. You know, and then all the other hoops. And well, and I can't it. stress enough, too, that there are no notes with either of these instruments. You right. don't hit notes. You don't play it in classical music structure. So I don't even think you can. No, not really. And I, I think calling it a sound bath is very appropriate because it's not music. No. That's a critical distinction, I think, to make, too. Yeah, you're not going to, to a silent disco laydown. So... By the time the Shruti box is over, the experience is ending, and Ulrika goes back to talking gently and kind of guides you out of it. And now, like I said, I thought maybe I'd kind of blown this whole experience. Like, it was great and cool, but I was thinking too hard or thinking too much or whatever. But when she guides me back to, like, okay, just move your fingers, like, be back in your body, um, I felt the weight of gravity like I was on a moon of Jupiter or something. Like I does that mean a lot of gravity? A lot okay. of gravity. Like I felt like I had never moved before. Right. It really, it really felt like being born. Like what coming out of the pod in the Matrix must feel like. Like you've never used your eyes before. You know that line. So, I'm like, yeah, just like struggling to move, and she kind of guides you through that, and it feels really good at the same time that it feels like, wow, I'm tired in my body normally. Like my body is beat. Yeah. In a way you don't consciously experience. And then she guides you up to a sitting position and puts the other music back on, the stereo music, which is just like a calming chant thing, and does a little like ritual of thanks at the end where you, you sit with your, you, with your hands like sort of in the praying position and you bow to each other. And she says, like, thank you. Thank you for this time together. And we're both bowing our heads. And I just started like crying so much, like weeping. And it wasn't like, it wasn't sadness. I don't even know if it was happiness. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't help it because I, I think the I think the thanking ritual really got to me because it was unclear in the moment, like who was being thanked or not or what was right. like in the, the most, tears are your thanks in the most frankly. literal sense. She's thanking me for being there, but she right. just did this generous thing and we're bowing at each other. So I'm, you know, silently thanking her for this that's the surface level of it and there's a lot of uh genuine gravity to that but it was also like you're thinking what just you're thinking the thing you just encountered or whatever whatever the you're thankful intersubjective for your... medium is or this is like when people go on like ayahuasca journeys yeah. you have to thank the goddess right yeah is it that i, I don't yeah. know i'm sure you have to thank something yeah yeah so you you know it is what you're thinking is like the energy, not only the person performing that, that for you, but also the energies around you that let you get to that space. You know, you're also thinking your, your brain a little bit for letting you like not be like out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's your, you know, when, you know, you say you just start weeping, it's like, that's your body going, thanks for shutting off. Like, thanks for letting like, the organs feel present because a lot of times like, you know we just suppress all of that yeah, sure. all the time um but you know yeah like i'm tempted to say what's interesting about it in retrospect is that you you do make this sort of it seems like you're making a clear distinction between mind and body where your mind exists separate from your body that's what it seems like but i think crucially that's not what it is 
So I think whenever you're expressing this gratitude at the end and whatever that manifests as, it's like the the unity is what's important. Well, yeah, because it, it's not as if like brain shuts off and is like, I don't fucking know. Because you can recount all of the things that happened during the process. So it's not as if your your brain is turned off, like your mind is not present. But your mind is like, I'll take the back seat. Normally I drive. Sure. But I think that's what's so interesting about it philosophically to me is like it... it I don't know if there is a clear mind-body distinction. Hmm. Because if you were dead, would it feel like that? And it makes you wonder, like, maybe it would. And that would seem to suggest that consciousness is independent of your biology. Hmm. But at the same time, if you died in the middle of that experience, would it stop and transform into something else? Would it be blackness? Would it be... I don't know. Hmm. It becomes very unclear. And and I think critically... That's why I like the floats, because I'm like... My life. Where's well, my back body? to like the reset day or whatever this this kind of activity. Like the other important stage that Ulrika kind of walked me through, because very generously after the experience, like when I was weeping like that, and like she was like, "I'm just gonna leave." I think she does this for everybody. This wasn't special to me, but she was like, "I'm just gonna leave the room for a minute and like let you come kind of come back to it." And even when I kind of came back to it, and she came back in the room, and we like chatted a little bit. Um, I left pretty quick. I was like, I gotta go because I just want to like be alone. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to talk. I don't know what to say. And she did explain to me that part of the process is integrating the experience. She was like, after you do this, like she gave me some tea, and was like, go home and drink the tea, but like don't be on your phone on the way home. Try not to be on your phone or like watch TV for the rest of the night. Just like you know, think and absorb. And I tried to take that part really seriously because I was just in a vulnerable place where like that it was, it was so good. And I was so filled with gratitude for what had just happened and like was so basking in it. Like, you know, when you come out of the float tank, like I remember when we did it together, like shortly before I moved to Ohio, I remember coming out of the float tank and like you had already left, I think. Oh yeah. I needed snacks. And I just walked out onto the street and it was like dusk. And I was like, Mm -hmm you almost have never seen a sunset like that, even though you've right. seen it a million times. It just LSD experiences are like this too. A lot of things are where like things just suddenly have this resonance and this vibrance that they don't normally have. So it was one of those th- type of things. And so I wanted to take the integration part of it really seriously. Um, and when I left, I was on the train and I had put my phone on airplane mode for the thing, but because I was told to like to sort of ignore my phone and I was so busy in my own head, I never turned it off airplane mode. And on the way home, I was just like on the train and normally like I hate the train ride so much, especially now because right. of all the insanity with COVID and like the masks and everything. And I was just on there like just people watching and it was like so beautiful and like such a rich experience. I saw a showtime on the J train for the first time since COVID. Oh. And the guys were like actually pretty good at it. And the one guy like kicked my backpack accidentally and like came over and apologized to me. And we, you know, I gave him three bucks. We just had like a nice earnest interaction where I was like, well, this is weird and feels like, feels like good. Some other guy in the train was like hyped for them. It was like people actually felt good on the train for right. once. And I, and I have no way of knowing that probably happens every day in front of me but I'm just too busy listening to a podcast or have my sunglasses on or whatever the fuck and don't care. It was more about noticing it and then coming home and like trying to be in that spirit mostly while I was at home. Like, yeah, don't, what do you do at, for a night when you're not like on your phone or doing anything? I could just sit there and like be in this room and it was nice, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, so yeah, that's that as far as the experience goes, it's hard to analyze it because also, I felt compelled to not overanalyze it. This is the first time I'm expressing the experience at all to anybody. Um, it feels like you ruin it when you talk about it a little bit. I, And I'm sure that's judgmental. I, I guess I just mean it doesn't do it any justice, so it seems sort of pointless. Uh, I don't I don't think that's true. Because I, I think like what you're... Because you could say that like, oh, no, you just go... Because like, this is like a thing like dum-dums talk about. Well, I just go to experience the art. I don't really go to th- like have like thoughts about it. And you're like, listen, motherfucker. You know, think about it. Um, like that doesn't work. Like part of the enrichment process of yourself is not dwelling on it, but trying to express... Expressing the way that something, an experience 
made you feel and kind of man- manifested that experience then manifested other actions and other you know appreciations or other kind of awareness that is that's the thing right sure like that that thought process you know because if you just were like uh, i don't know i don't want to talk about it. i don't really have any words but it was amazing like okay great but like what like that doesn't really kind of get anyone to anywhere because what you're describing is a change of it's not only a change of mood which is part of it right but it is a change of like it's the mindset re you know redux where you're like i've been through the washing machine um internally so now i'm you know permanent pressed for at least a little bit yeah until you get wrinkly again sure you know um but like even the thing of like you know just being aware of like the the little things on train right like or you know you got a show time so it's not necessarily a little thing but like instead of going fucking christ you know show time are you fucking kidding like because it's very easy to pivot into like the snap of insta rage you know like whether that's because you're tired or you're just you know choosing violence that day like it's that's very easy to slip into but when you are like I'm just going to be present and aware and just notice things. Generally, you're better off for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think feeling like you're failing at putting that into words is a bad thing. Like you should, you should fail at doing it, but you should want to try to articulate it is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I don't put any pressure on myself. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. A, a, as far as, any of this because that's one of the things I learned from the experience. Thanks in large part to Ulrika's guidance was like, just there is no thing you're supposed to do. So no. Whatever. And so when it comes to analyzing the experience or articulating it, one of my takeaways too is like, I wouldn't be me if I didn't try to do that. Right. That is a part of myself that I don't need to, reject. but you shouldn't like goal set, you know, like, or like try to, you know, goal it out of like, you know, I should have, come into it with this idea and then come out with it with this and had a certain like you know you shouldn't goalpost that experience is what i'm trying i just repeated it three times but i don't have a better like uh distillation because like you know it's very easy to say for something that is you know a little woo to be like i want to manifest this or i want to experience this to get this like i want to go I want to go sit in some salt water so I can reset my brain. That never happens. Like right. you're lucky if it happens, but you have to be in the right mind mind space to engage in the thing. Sure. Well, like, I, I, much I, like you know, I think part of the advantage of what happened to me was that I just didn't think about it before I did it. I mean, that's usually good too. That was way better than researching it or you know, basically no spoilers. Like, right? I didn't even see the trailer for this thing really. No. So well, you did. You had you had a little gong time, but that's the trailer. That's, yeah, that's not the full show. I didn't dwell on it though. That's a Marvel trailer, like misdirection, right? Like I, but I don't know. I I think it's a good. I guess what all I'm pointing out um, when I express that it's difficult to talk about or the analysis seems wrong or something is that when you have an experience like that and you try to articulate it in language, like, I'm willing to do that, but you end up having to come down into a binary, uh, binary moral or ethical terms that don't really circumscribe the event. And that's just the nature of talking and, like, speaking right. to somebody. It, it, it automatically becomes like you're, you're trying to express an ephemeral experience uh, through judgment, and that's really hard to do. That doesn't work. I mean, it relates to art and, like, art criticism, too. Like... The idea that that you know some judgments are better than others, or that they're even possible to make—it's um, the only way to express what you're trying to say. Is right. you have to form hierarchies artificially for yourself, for your own rationalization of what you—not even no. for yourself, just for the expression of, of it into yeah. a form other than your thoughts. Well, that's yeah, that's the, that's what language does. Yeah. Yeah, it's re- it's reductive and it's hierarchical. That's all. Yeah, yeah that's normal. So it's hard to avoid. I don't, but I don't. Pu- I don't mean to say I'm putting any pressure on myself no. about it. I don't okay. Care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the presentness thing is is like you know, that's a hard thing. You kind of got the uh, what's it called the 
the like the NOS version of that. You know, like in <laughs> like from Fast and the Furious. Uh-huh. You know, you just went from like I'm not thinking about it. I'm aware of my presentness. You know, like that's that's very hard to do, and it's hard to maintain. And it's it's lucky if you can maintain it, and that's like that's a whole like life work process that is admirable. However, it's very easy to forget that that's also kind of impossible. Well, this is back to the point about integrating. That's the thing I think I wanted to talk to you about more than anything else, especially when you're describing how badly you desire a reset right now. That's the part of it that I think would help you a lot. Right. Is take seriously the idea that when you have a positive experience, whether it's a float tank or just something that happens to you in your life or a vacation, whatever it is, that you have a responsibility after that to respect what happened and not resort immediately to your default neural pathways. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, uh, yes, this this point is taken and also uh, noticed in my own brain because for the past three months, I've been on a very short fuse. Very short fuse. Just internally. I usually don't manifest it outwardly. But like in my brain, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I turn into like rage beast in my head. And I'm like, what? Like, I can feel my, like, my blood pressure rise. Or, like, I get heated. I'm like, and I can usually get back down. But I'm like, why are we, like, why are we jumping so quickly and so fast? For things that normally I'm like, I don't fucking care. Because I really don't care. But all of a sudden I'm like, things are, things bothered me. And I'm like, ooh, this is bad. This is very bad. And I think it is a little bit of burnout of a lot of things several layers of burnout yeah i'm I'm sure it is because normally i'm pretty good at being present and i you know we talk about the Tao of will that one you know i conked that one over the head with a shovel for three months so that one's i gotta resuscitate that one (laughs) you know um because like when you're describing i'm like oh yeah i understand what that is like that is has been felt but i haven't felt it in a while and i'm about to lose my shit um so I don't know. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I mean, you should just do whatever you feel you need to do. Uh, there's no way you do have to forgive yourself to put oh, it in never. Catholic terms. <laughs> like that's the only thing that can help. Like longer term. I was thinking about this today, actually, because like we make fun of me a lot for still sleeping on the air mattress and stuff. Right. And it, it is all true. Like, uh, I mean, your back's just going to be fucked is quite frankly, it's my been okay. Concern. But a, a lot of parts of my life, like on the surface are like very bad. Like I think about this anytime that I approach a dating app, I'm like, I can't do this right now. Like my, my life on paper is such a shit show. Yeah. But hang on. It could be worse, it, but it, it could be worse, but it's not, it's not even that. It's just like, I also have been way happier, I think, the last six months than I've been in a long time. And I've just been, like, grateful for that and, like, recognizing that more often than not. And I've been in a pretty good mood. I feel like I haven't spiraled in a long time. No! And it's really nice. And I... and Quite shocking, frankly. I I chalk that up basically to just, like, reminding myself of that every day that, like, hey, man, I, like, I'm not... I feel pretty good. And it's better to just maintain that neural pathway. Keep digging that in, like... Wake up early because you want to be awake. Right. You know? Don't wake up early because you have to. Right. Or, uh, and if you wake up late one day, don't hold it against yourself. It happens. Yeah. You know? So, I- I'm trying not to oscillate and rather just stay on the wave, I guess. Well. But f- alternatively, though, in your case, like, if you stay on the wave of the short fuse, that's a. Ooh, that's a ticking that's time That's a bomb. repeating cycle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I. It comes from a level of control freakery. You know, like, I, I like to gain control of things. Like, when my brain... uh, uh I don't know. If I had, a, you know, a guy paid lots of money to who had a nice couch, I'd probably be able to figure out, like, that any control impulses that I have are from, you know, deep-seated, like, trauma of youth, of trying to figure out what control is. And then any time that there's threats to my you know, sense of control and planning, I 
you know, revert to the lashing out child or something like that. Yeah. We could probably get there. Um, oh, wait, I just did it. Um, but it's a matter of how do you manage that inner little beast that does that, that reacts that way, and then just go, what the fuck? No, shut the f- Go take a nap. We don't need this from you right now. That's why, again, take the videos of me sleeping. But if I don't have that hard <laughs> reset, I'm, I'm, the little beast doesn't go to bed. We're putting the little angry child to bed on the couch for 15 <laughs> minutes at a time. So that way it's like we're in a separate place now. Yeah. Because otherwise, because, you know, the, there's like, there have been studies where it's been, you know, conjectured, like men carry their, their work lives into their home for longer than women do. I mostly didn't know because, that, but that doesn't surprise mostly me. Mostly because all. women are like, I can compartmentalize and you're being a man baby. I, there are children to feed and I have to fuck you. Um, whereas men are like, mm, I got to carry it. And you're like, you don't. Um, but, you know, I do think there is a little bit of like, you know, the ego trip of like the power that you have in your workplace. And you're like, mm, I'm still in that facade of who I have to be somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I've been reading Ted Kaczynski. On yep, the, on the on iPad. The iPad. I, I know you're. I know you're very dismissive of this, but it's all out of ignorance. As I'm sure, I'm not, I'm not. It's not necessarily dismissive of the source material. I am dismissive of the. You're reading Ted Kaczynski on an iPad. Yeah, the irony is rich. Woo! It's thick. I it's thick just in go. House. Culture jamming is real. But um, one of the things that he writes about in in his original uh, manifesto is a thing he calls the power process because what he's trying to outline is basically like what what has technology done to civilization that has led us astray you know and crypto nfts everything (laughs) well man he you know when he wrote this it was 1995 i think so Mm. that was way in the future it's amazing how precious still had emojis in that time emoticons whatever anyway um he writes about the power process and it's this idea that like what most people just need in life is easily not easily but um attainable real goals right that give them satisfaction yeah I th- that's that's not special to his idea that's most psych human psychology you need to do that have well that. no it's yeah it's not it's not necessarily a special idea but what he couches it in that is also a pretty common criticism i don't know broadly on the left like marx makes similar Uh, critiques is just that when you're alienated by technology basic basically taking care of all of your necessities you don't have any real goals right one of the things kaczynski outlines is like most of the goals that people do have are work-related which are artificial yes these are not not yours these are not goals that give you any meaningful satisfaction he even goes as far as to say like people that own small businesses or large businesses like the, the goals that they end up setting in their work life are not the same as the, quote, real goals of attaining food for yourself. Like, right. if you contrast it with hunter-gatherer society, like, the things you needed to do as a person to just continue to exist um, were physically and mentally demanding enough to keep you fulfilled psychologically. We don't have that. So your your physical needs are all taken care of through basically technological automation, and your psychological needs are therefore not met at all. Right. And what you can fill them with are only artificial goals that further exacerbate the problem. So right. when you're talking about control and things like that, if you're exerting that only over second order problems right. and not over first order psychological problems, you're not getting anywhere. You're digging the hole even deeper. Yep. And so, you know, as technology progresses, the idea goes that this gets worse and worse. And I think this idea has been bared out Constant availability is a yeah, a punji stick trap. Depression, social anxiety, every psychological and physical phenomenon gets worse and worse and worse as you're not able to achieve goals. Right. And so, like, when I talk about going easy on myself, um, there's a downside to that, which is not setting any goals, really. It alleviates the alienation, and it takes the stakes out of everything. You know, and there's a certain kind of gratitude that comes from that. Like, wow, I'm actually really glad to live in this advanced civilization where getting food is not that challenging. Right. Um, Two taps and a, a doorbell. You know, and I can have a lot of different kinds of it, and it's it's pretty good no matter what. It's not good for you necessarily, but, like, it's going to satisfy your hedonistic urges. Listen, like, you don't order Taco Bell at 2 in the morning. No, I don't. But this is where it gets to you. 
is like <laughs> if if what you have are only artificial goals, right? You can't really have prime goals. I mean, outside of working out, like things you can do with your body and with your spirit, like what Ulrika does in her practices, right. those are real goals. Those are first order things. That's what everyone should strive to do. They're the hardest things to do and maintain because they require the most discipline in our culture. Right. Um, but if you only want to deal with second order things, which is, I feel like, where I'm at, it, you know, working my way up to like maybe I'll be the type of person that runs every day or whatever. Yeah. Um, if you only want to deal with second order things, you also you just have to take the pressure off yourself. These aren't meaningful. If you can make this distinction in your mind between first order and second order, just realize your control issues at work and in your work life are only satisfying second order problems. Right. And if your first order problems are affected by any of that, you're that's not bad. making yeah. any progress. Yeah, you're bad. in fact yeah. deteriorating. Right. Um this the uh, we I have a transition in, into the second topic cuz I I decided last week um the rainy cold day the day was supposed to like ice storm or whatever. Yeah. Um I decided okay. Okay. Okay, we have to do something with these off days cuz we can't just be hungover and tired and sad. Or like, and not do anything or just do errands because that's just like not, we're, we're wasting time here, people. Like TikTok, TikTok, what are we doing? Um, so I was like, okay, so if we have like an errand day and you're just hung over doing that, you just got to like power through and then that's just going to be the day. You're not going to be able to do anything else. But if you want to have treats or have a treat day or do any sort of fun thing, you have to do something that is like at least some kind of work. So I was like, okay, I would like pants. Or sure, you know, I want I want to spend I want to spend some money, you know, love it, love to do a little little spendy spend. But I was like, eh, what am I gonna do? Drive around in the rain just to buy treats like an asshole? Like, no, I gotta do other things. What are we doing? So I went to go. Uh, I was like, fine, if I want the treats, I gotta go to the Lower East Side because there's a six gallery Rochelle Feinstein retrospective essentially. So I was like, all right. I'll go and then I'll be downtown where the treats are and then I can just figure out what kind of treat situation we're working with here. But I have to do this, otherwise no treats. Otherwise, no. No, uh-uh. no thank you. You don't get to do them. Because if you're going to be doing time-wasting activities, you should be doing a time, part of that time should be like not letting your brain go to mush and be present in the viewing of something. For me, that's my like... Hardball. I think I think viewing art can be construed as a first order activity. Yeah, or, and then the subsequent thinking about it afterwards, like or sure. or while doing the integration. Yeah, because your brain is doing putting the connections together that you can pick apart later. Yeah, but you can't verbalize while you're looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, you know, for the listener, uh, how do you begin to describe or? that practice i don't know it's very difficult it's a little bit of there's a lot of material um shenanigans like one would call it like material studies of like how do you deal with like the prime things of making paintings like there's paint there's gesture there's stretcher there's canvas there's images it's it's first order problems of painting is the rochelle feinstein issue but it's also like how do you deal with images in painting also as the second order or a co- structured thing um yeah because your force your first set of categorizations all applies to robert ryman yet their work right. looks nothing alike eh, but uh, it's in the same vein of figuring it out through the stuff sure but that's true of a lot of painting you know it, well, it, it it's okay to lay that yeah. out as like it, this is one way to think about it but that's also so vague as to be true of almost everything from 1950 or even before that till now some people don't do it that um uh, thoughtfully or that intentionally let's say it's just an accident of like you know when you think when I say like faggy painters who do like oh the paint's smushy I'm like well, that's not really thinking about the paint they're just like the paint does weird stuff so I can draw dicks and you're like okay cool um, it's it's superficial consideration to those very primal categories yeah Um, you're like oh I accidentally stumbled into a painterly conversation you're like fuck you um, but so there's a show at oh, 99 Bowery. Who is it? Bridget Donahue. 
which you know beautiful space literally old school like bowery loft hallway creaky wooden floors just big long walls and you're like wee this is how this should be seen right but it's all the like materially kind of pieces there's not that much like um cartoon graphic stuff which i was like okay all right but there's like little slippages of it of like cutouts of bridget riley's rochelle feinstein reminds me of like if elizabeth murray and robert rauschenberg got together uh mm, what the thought that i had uh viewing the one show was like she's a really good thief like in the picasso sense of like she's a really good thief because like there's bits of dan christensen there's bits of polly applebaum there's a little bit of you know like a whole lot of people there's a lot of like pickpocketing little ideas about what painting is and then just kind of fusing them together um but her pickpocketing skills are sublime right like she just gets just the right thing that isn't thought about about certain people so like the velocity of how uh paint comes out of a, a can you know Versus how it goes when it's stained and how it, like, the gravity of a drip, like, weight of things. Like, all of that, those are the parts that get pickpocketed. Like, what's the velocity of, if you turn a canvas at a 45 degree angle versus leaning it on the wall? Like, what what's the speed of, you know, all of that kind of stuff is in there. Because there's this p- uh, piece of frosted plexiglass on top of a faux shag rug drilled to the wall. And I was like... This is fucking brilliant. Why has no one ever thought about this? Or, what? Because that's that's a Ryman if I've ever seen one. Yeah, but it's part of a large a Ryman th- with a less strict set of rules about what's involved. Right, yeah. and with a little kitsch, you know. Sure. Like it was, I was like huh? a Ryman that points to the world rather than points towards painting, pointing towards itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just kind of. So that that was one show, and then the the other show at Candace Maddie was uh, more pop, more like cut out shapes, literally cut out of cardboard, colored, painted or sprayed, or, and then like uh, bubble words that say like "yikes" or whatever, like in curtains, and then a little video, of, like you know, you see this other integration of like the world creeping in. And I was like, okay, now we can go buy a seventy dollar candle. <laughs> back to the treats i got to yeah, yeah but i had to go you know i think like if you're gonna have the treat you gotta you gotta do the work you have to do some kind of hurdle in order to have treat because i'm very undisciplined about the treat giving when i you know have you know i have to earn it now yeah sure your permission structure for is treats really fucked to, <laughs> to, to me is not is neither here nor there like whatever works for you man I whatever flips gonna, your cookie. i was gonna get the 70 dollar candle anyway but if I withhold from myself until we do the one thing, well, we're going to get a lot more done, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I think eventually it's important to not put pressure on yourself, though. Um, we can leave that on the table. I, I pressure think, on myself I, to do what? One way or another. Like, it's a more... The only way to have a healthy, like, mental attitude, I think is that you just get things done without having to impose on yourself any strict rules or limitations. Like, it just starts to happen organically. Yeah, but, like... That's that, what feels best to me, personally. But I I don't work that way. And you start to find joy. Well, that's okay for now, you know, but it's not sustainable. I think part of the reason that burnout happens is that you run through life in this kind of compartmentalized way. If everything is one step leading to another step, that's constant anxiety of climbing up the stairs without ever really achieving anything. But I think, like, I I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to cut you off, Taylor Swift. I think, like, part of my, you know, climbing out of the the short fuse is, like, well, if you're going to behave this way we're gonna have to go back to really like basic again like the angry child lashing out well this this is how we're gonna have to get out of this if you want that you have to do this and that that becomes a way to be like just be because like me describing the show like i i it was that thing of feeling present looking at the things and i was like huh 
and then coming to a realization that I was like, I can be, you know, on the Bowery walking around and going, okay, we're here, we're looking, re- like, presentness is, is the key, right? Absolutely, yeah. So then it just becomes like, you appreciate the treat a little bit more when you walk into a, a beautiful boutique and someone goes, oh, can I help you? Whatever. And they're like, and they open the door for you, or as you leave, and you're like, that was really nice and fully unnecessary. Um, and you get shit on when you go to get a fucking espresso across the street. But that's the short fuse talking. <laughs> um, yeah, don't misunderstand me. I'm not disagreeing with you about anything. There's no need to feel defensive. Oh, no, this is not defense, but I think it is a, a question of like, how are how do you get to that state of presentness? Is it some how do you train or retrain yourself to be in that way? And is there a part of your brain going, listen, bitch, can you pay attention a little bit more? How are we going to get you to get to that? And it's like, well, we know that this works, so we're going to try that first. The crime and punishment part of your brain has to be there, I suppose, but uh, overemphasis on it. Yeah, it hasn't been there in the time yeah. is not a good thing. No, but it. I think it's a nice loose rule to be like, if you're going to be a little bitch and go like, if you're going to want to go to Uniqlo to buy pants, like what the fuck are you? You're just consume. Why are you just stopping at? I'm going to go out to consume. That's really bad. You're not, you know, you're just going to consume. Like, I, I mean, I like to look at other things and whatever, but like there should be, it shouldn't just be towards consumption. And I, often we'll just get towards well i want to go out to consume things i'm like that's not really a great way like why do you live in a city it's not to consume stupid bullshit that you can order online to be available anywhere right like this is a critique i always have of like people who are hundred thousand dares never leave their apartments and just amazon order everything i'm like you could do this anywhere why are you here you're taking up space and i don't want to take up space in this place i want to be actively present in what is happening right yeah so like how do you solve that disconnect so we're gonna we're gonna try it with you know carrots carrots and sticks yeah 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 carrots and sticks but go easy on yourself don't use too many sticks i mean for my budget i don't want that many carrots but you know like (laughs) the but those carrots can't be like you know incredibly vapid Right. Yeah, yeah. Like like a a treat can't be I'm going to go to IKEA today. To go, I'm not going to go to purgatory today. It means treat your actually treat yourself and don't waste your time and your money. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Cuz it's your money or your life. And why not actually have some life in? You can have a little money flowing around, but let's get some life in there cuz this life is this life of just you know what what are those carbs that are what's the bad ones the unsaturated fats saturated fats whatever the fuck those you know? <laughs> mono unsaturated fats yeah are those the bad ones. if it's all that what's the fucking point yeah and as much as i love them come on get your shit together i think the critical thing is what you said about life like the more organic everything becomes the better off you are even imposing whatever kind of mental architecture you need to to get things to happen is synthetic you right. don't want your life to feel synthetic. No, because that sucks. Yeah, because you don't need to be. You don't need to be where you are, which is the you know, that's the enemy of presentness. If you can be anywhere, why are you where you are? Right. Just to make money? Who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of powerful forces that you have to resist that right. aren't that aren't your fault and aren't you really your. You never decided. You were you were never decided to be born. You especially never decided to be born now. So if everything in your life is inorganic, go the other way. It's hard. Yeah, it's not fun. Self-work is not fun. It's It, it, it can be. You get treats. Um, but suffering is part of life, but you don't have to make it any more difficult than it already is. I didn't say anything about suffering. Um, you never, self-work. You, you, never, you never do. Because I don't think you think about it that way, but I do see you suffering a lot and imposing it on yourself a lot, as I'm sure you see in me. It's easier to see it in other people than it is to see it yourself. Um, 
and my only my only partial criticism for you was just even even approaching your own self work as a series of uh, trials by fire. But I also get off on the or like, trials by pleasure. Yeah, I get off on the martyrdom of it, though. You know, like that's also the little child. That's out, an additional know? thing to consider and figure out. Right. That's something that I've been like. Why do we do this to ourselves? You're choosing this at at a certain point. I'm like. Oh, bitch. Yeah, yeah. How do you not choose that? Unchoose, or, you know, choosing something else. Because unchoosing is not an option. It is an option. No, you make a different choice. Again, binary structures, the nature of language is synthetic. No. You can get outside of it, but we'll never be able to talk about it. Mm. You have words. And you won't be outside of it all the time either. Right. Which is also part of understanding that that's just life and that's okay. Take the forgiveness pill. I don't think I like that. 